Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The Matchups. The superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. Wow! This is Football Sunday on the Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hey, we're back. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. Football Sunday here with you, 9 to 11 o'clock today. Happy week two. Happy week two. We were off for week one because those darn Seahawks were on at 10 a.m. Don't even get me started. 8 a.m. pregame. But, hey, Seahawks won the game against the Colts in Indy, so they, they got a they win better had. They better had. Could you imagine if they lost and we had to miss a show for that? Well, I mean, it's fine. It's Seahawks. People were listening to it, I'm sure. I actually kind of, I mean, if I'm being honest, as I'm not a Seahawks fan at all, uh, I you were rooting was, for the Colts? I mean, kind of. Well, I put some money on the Seahawks, and so we, I was rooting for the Seahawks. And we didn't have a show on week one because, you know, because of it. So I was like, man, Here, here's what Here's what I'll say about that. Most years that we've done this show during Seahawks season when we've had the Seahawks, which has been, what, four years now? Um, we have missed about three or four shows due to 10 a.m. kicks. Now, we did miss week one, which is certainly a buzzkill. But as the schedule looks right now, there's only one other 10 a.m. kick the rest of the season. Now, yes, there's flex games and things could be moved, so that could change. But, yes, we lost week one. We had the buzzkill of that, but we only missed one other show the rest of the season. So I'd, I'd say yeah, maybe I'm, that's the benefit of it. Yeah. We lost week one, but we don't miss four shows. We missed two shows. Yeah, because last year we missed like four. Yes. You know, because they want to play at 10 a.m. four times. So, and that can still change. Don't get me wrong. They, they flex schedules and stuff, and, and I, I've, I have a feeling we will have one more show that's thrown in there at 10 a.m., but yes, we missed week one, but hey, it's only two shows this well, year. Well, just looking at the Seahawks' schedule, that 10 a.m. game is against the Houston Texans in week 14. I'm going to guess that that game will not be flexed. That, that, <laughs> that will stay in its original time That will slot. stay at 10 a.m. But let's be real, too. I mean, yeah, we have to miss some games maybe throughout the season, but getting week one, 
off and just being able to veg out for the very oh, first NFL Sunday. Selfishly, of the season. I mean, it was great to just veg. It was pretty nice. But the buzzkill of the show was, hey, this is an NFL show, well, football show, mostly an NFL show, and we can't do it. I kept getting texts like, hey, are you guys on today? Or it's like, no, nah, <laughs> not not today. I got fantasy questions on my Twitter. I was like, I'm sorry. We're going to figure sorry. something out, though. We got to figure something well, out. The people need us on Sundays for their fantasy stuff. We well, got to figure something out. Uh, what you should do is you should follow Jesse, our old producer, and our and still our friend. I shouldn't say old friend. Old producer and still our friend. Uh, he is doing his own fantasy football venture this year. It's called Explicit Fantasy Football, and he will be joining us again Every week at 9.30 for our Fantasy Scramble to help you with your start sick questions. So if you have fantasy football questions, you can text them to 503-250-1080 or you can tweet them at us. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Joe is at JoeFish3, F-I-S-C-H. Uh, Jesse is at Jesse Osman, A-S-Z-M-A-N. But he's also made pages for all of his stuff, which we'll tell you about when he comes on at 9.30. So that's coming back. And uh, we still will have hated or love it at 1030. And we're just going to dive into football, man. Like you, usually when we when we're here on Sundays, we got two hours. We got some college to get to before fantasy. We do fantasy until kick. And then we've got NFL stuff. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on. We'll have red zone on in here on the TV. And it's a pretty fast, fast paced, high flying show once the football season starts. No. Yeah. It we get to 11 so and it's fast. like, oh, all right. Show's over. Yeah. And by you know, usually by 10, you know, especially during the beginning of the season, we're all kind of looking up at the screen and we're like, you know, boyfriend type distracted at that point. We're like, what? oh, yeah. What? Well, you mean we're still in our fantasy we're, leagues and every we matchup talking, matters. Yeah. That's why, you know, honestly, you're I, not I, in fantasy. I'm, this year, not, right? I'm not doing fantasy this year. And I got to tell you, you I got to tell you, just on a personal level, it feels phenomenal to not have that level of pressure uh-huh. for every single game, especially if it's a money league, like every single game is pressure. You're you're watching the Texans and the Raiders hoping that something good happens because you got guys on both teams. That's why I like it, because it makes those games more interesting. Yeah, But (laughs) But I have heard that before, that those who stop playing fantasy, um, at least initially, maybe over time they might miss it. But initially they're like they feel free. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just I can't imagine, man. I don't have to. I love it so much. I I can't imagine. I forget about, you know, uh, the Thursday game and have to go to my lineup and make sure I don't have I have everybody that's supposed to be it just it's it, it can be a it can be a lot so shout out to everybody who you know consistently plays fantasy and does it every year and really looks forward to it because I gave myself anxiety I love it yeah I uh took last season off just because I didn't want to deal with all the the COVID BS right. and games getting rescheduled and players missing out last minute and then that I'll, didn't wind up being as much of an issue as I thought it would be but it was a fair not. point yeah and so I I had Joined a league this year. I started a league this year, and I'm already over it. Week one, bad loss. Not not too happy with the team. So those oh. those range of emotions, <laughs> up and down, up and down. I'm we'll, feeling fantastic, I mean, man. After today, we'll we'll see how I'm feeling. <laughs> you know, I uh, in my main, main league, I scored 176 points week one. So led the league in, in scoring. He scores 30 this week <laughs> total. Uh, no, because <laughs> I nagged, uh, I nabbed, nagged. I nabbed Taylor Heineke on waivers, and I started him for 20 points on Thursday. So Very good. Booyah. Very good. <laughs> what? Starting off well. Your quarterback situation must be rough. It's a two-quarterback you... league. Oh, oh ooh, I love those. So uh, I have Zach Wilson as, as my second quarterback, but he's going up against the hoodie today, and the hoodie likes to make rookies look like uh, rookies. So I started Heineke, and he did very well, so I'm quite happy. Quite well, happy. The hoodie didn't do incredibly well. 
in his own right last week. So. Well, he, he did great. The Dolphins were the way worse team. They just lost the game. Doesn't matter. Pat lost the game. And Tua looks terrible, by the way. The Continuing to look terrible. It. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's what we're going to get to at 930 with uh, Fantasy. And I've uh, already seen some questions coming on the text line and uh, on my Twitter as well. And uh, we'll, we'll get you all hooked up with uh, Jesse's information once he comes on at uh, 930. I do want to start before we get to that with what on earth happened with the Pac-12 yesterday. So Oregon got the win against Tony Brook, which was expected. The first half was way closer than it should have been, but it was it was a classic trap game after the big Ohio State win to go into the next game and look slow. Luckily, you were playing Stony Brook and not a halfway decent team. And Oregon, Oregon pulled away and won. And, uh, you know, Oregon State actually blew out Idaho as well. No worries about that against an FCS opponent. But you had a bunch of the conference's quote-unquote top teams lose yesterday. 13th-ranked UCLA lost to Fresno State, 40-37. to 19th-ranked Arizona State lost to BYU, also ranked now, 23rd-ranked, 27-17. to Colorado was blanked by Minnesota after almost beating Texas A&M last week. Uh, Wazoo lost to USC conference game. Uh, USC looked really bad in the first half and then really picked it up in the second half. Washington finally got a big win. Utah, in three overtimes, lost to San Diego State 33-31. And lowly Arizona lost to FCS Northern Arizona 21-19. So in what was looking to be a potentially more exciting year in the Pac-12 because you had Oregon playing well and with the huge win over Ohio State. UCLA had a couple of big wins. This was ranked high. You trusted Arizona State, you thought. Utah, you thought, was a good team despite losing to BYU last week. And uh, they all crapped the bed. And we are left again with a shambles of a conference being led at least by Oregon at this point. Yeah, it, it was a bad night, you know, especially if Kyle, Kyle lost to Washington, or Sacramento State, no problem. Like, because no one really expects much from Cal still. That still would have been a horrific loss. It would have been, but still, nobody's like, you know, Cal is still trying to really find their identity. They're getting closer and closer, but nobody, it wouldn't have been a, a big thing. Uh, if Arkansas State had beat UW. Eh, oh, my God. You know, th- th- that, that, that would have been. Because UW would have been 0-3 yeah, <laughs> after but, losing to Montana and uh, getting killed by Michigan last week. But Fresno State, I think, is showing that they're a pretty good team. Just you know, just just so far they they beat UCLA by three. So that UCLA didn't get blown out. The the more so concerning one would be Arizona State and BYU. You know, losing the ten by to BYU. And again, is there really much separation between nineteen and twenty three? No, I think you know, BYU is there? better than we expected because they were able to beat Utah last week too. It's just more the, it's just more about the look of the conference, right? Like right now, it it was one of those moments, especially because. Clemson has not looked like Clemson to start this season. And the ACC looks horrible, like horrible. Your other best teams behind Clemson are North Carolina, who lost week one in a conference game. Miami, who just got killed by Michigan State at home when Miami was ranked to Michigan State wasn't. And Virginia Tech, potentially. Uh, Vod Tech, I think, lost yesterday, too, after beating North Carolina in week one. The ACC looks terrible. The Big 12's image is in the toilet because Oklahoma and Texas are leaving and they're adding, you know, American athletic schools and stuff like that. It kind of felt like finally a year where the PAC 12 wouldn't be looked at as little brother in the, in the power five world. 
they still might not be, especially if Clemson continues to, to struggle a little bit. But um, at this point, it was like, hey, you got Oregon. Just beat Ohio State. Really tough game in the horseshoe, and they beat them last week um, or two weeks ago. You had UCLA look really impressive against LSU and win that game and shoot up the rankings and be like, wow, maybe Chip Kelly's got this figured out. Not to say that one loss will kill that for them, but losing to a, a, a group of five school is not ideal to a top for a top 15 team. And you had all these other schools that had some hope of staying in the top 25 and being competitive throughout the season, which would there help Oregon if they got wins against them this year, push them even higher and potentially get into a college football playoff spot. Now, if Oregon runs the table, they'll get a college football playoff spot. It's just that simple. But I was kind of hoping for the Pac-12 conference to help out its image a little bit this year. And so, so far, I mean, the first three weeks of the season, first four weeks of the season, I have not been impressed. No, no, it, it, has, it hasn't been great thus far. But like you said, it's still early, so things can change. They can go ahead and, and run the board, you know, all teams for the for the rest of the season. That still makes the Pac-12 look like a strong conference. But when you're struggling like this and you have that many teams in your conference lose to, well, let's just be real, inferior, you know, opponents, inferior programs, then, yeah, it, it's it's not a good look. On the one hand, if you're the Ducks, if you're a Ducks fan, this is is great for you because you run through the Pac-12 without a loss. What was the reason they got kept out of the the playoff? Was it not last year? But maybe was it last year? Oh, no, well, last prior. year they had yeah two or three losses. Yeah, the yeah. year the year prior, you know, Herbert's uh, they lost year, Arizona State, and that that did it for them. But they had one loss prior to that, right? Mm-hmm. And so as long as they can stay undefeated, and you look at the schedule. The only ranked team that they have on their schedule, and UW may be ranked sometimes towards the they end of the season, but they will not. UW pro- is probably awful. not. But so there's only one team left that's ranked on your schedule, and that's UCLA. And, and is we'll UCLA going to stay ranked? And after we'll this see week. how long they're going to be ranked after this weekend. So yeah, if you're the Ducks, this looks awesome for you right now. Because well, but if that, you run the table, then there's no chance that you don't go to the to the playoff. But that's the catch twenty two, is if Oregon loses one of those conference games. Now, and it's to an unranked conference opponent. Yeah, that's just your first loss because you did take care of Ohio State. You took care of business, but it's going to look way worse. That's my that's the catch for too. Yes, it looks easier for the Ducks if you're a Duck fan, but if you get that loss and it's really hard to run the table if you're a college football team at all, if you get that loss, that's uh, well, it's gonna it's gonna hurt your image a little bit more. Well, we know somebody's got to lose between. Uh, does Bama play Georgia this year? Uh, I do not believe so. They do not. I, I think so, Bama has a slightly easier run this year. So, you know, the, the, there's that. So I expect both of those teams to go undefeated because they don't see each other. Oklahoma, let me look at their schedule. Well, that's that's still tough to predict in the SEC. <laughs> it is. It is. But just considering how good both teams look. Well, I mean, I Bama any- only won by two against Florida yesterday. Uh, close game. And Florida's pretty good. Bama still has, you know, Ole Miss, who's ranked, Texas A&M, who's ranked, and then Auburn at the end of the season, of course. Uh, who does Georgia – I think Georgia has a pretty tough schedule, even if they skip Alabama. Georgia's schedule. Let's see. Sorry, folks. Lag I got it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Uh, they will play – oh, yeah, no. It's yeah, just got, as they, easy. Yeah. They play Florida, and actually it's easier. They play Florida, Arkansas, and Auburn, but they do not get Texas A&M, and they do not get Alabama. So, but they did have Clemson week one, which does kind of help that a little bit. Yeah, theirs is even easier. So, yeah, I mean, you could have those two SEC teams immediately just 
in the college football and, and, playoff. And, we, and we, uh, the one thing we know is The chances is that are that we probably will have College those football teams. loves the SEC, so those teams will definitely be up top. So even and, more important for Oregon to win out. And then, you know, you look, at, you look at Oklahoma's schedule, and the only game that they have for a ranked team thus far, mind you, things can change and teams can uh, kind of creep into the rankings, but for now it's Iowa State, and that's towards the end of the season. So Oklahoma's schedule... And Iowa State hasn't looked quite as good this year. And Oklahoma's schedule looks incredibly, you know, it's... They're fortunate to have the schedule that they have. Because Although Oklahoma has not looked quite as good to start the year either. Them and, and Clemson have both had some struggle bus games. And honestly, if you win, I don't know how much that matters. Well, if everyone's undefeated and you beat Tulsa by five and you struggled, um, you know, in some of your games against weaker competition and Oregon ran through the schedule and beat everybody by 20, that's going to matter. Oregon moved to three. But Oregon Oklahoma already, was st- but Oklahoma was still before. You know, they're they're still going to go. You're if you're Appalachian State and you run the board, but you beat everybody by five, you're not getting in. If you're Oklahoma and you run the board and you still beat everybody by three, three or a touchdown, you're you're going to go. All right, let's Just take based on name alone. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's give a little uh, love to Oregon State who got a win against Idaho yesterday, which was expected. However, they found themselves a quarterback in Week One in their loss to Purdue. And boy, I think he might even keep the job when Tristan Jebbia comes back from however long it's going to take him to return from his injury. That's next. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 
Fantasy Scramble coming up in 10 minutes. Get your start set questions into the fan text line 503-250-1080. Jesse Osmond will join us for that with his expert advice. Hater love it coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. I want to give a little love to the Beavs, though. Beavs got a big win over Idaho yesterday. Big in in uh, gap of victory, not in importance, because Idaho is an FCS team and they're terrible. But 42 zip was the score. And it, it just kind of made me think when I was when I was keeping an eye on the game yesterday that it is pretty fortunate and uh, quite lucky that you found Chance Nolan because of Sam Neuer's underperformance in week one against Purdue and a Tristan Jebbia long recovery from an injury. Because from what I've seen from Chance Nolan in these three games, the stats aren't like leap off the page incredible, although against Hawaii through for 300 yards. But what they are is efficient and he doesn't make any mistakes. And his quarterback rating has been 89, 87 and 91.3 in his three games, which is good. Um, what for a program that has had questions at quarterback for a couple of years. And Jebbia gave you obviously some good stuff last year in the COVID year, which is, you know, hard to fully take. He has like a full range of what this guy's going to be. But I kind of feel like Chance Nolan may have just stolen the job away from him when he's healthy or not. You know, he came in in that Purdue game and instantly changed the entire vibe of the offense. Oregon State was really, really rough on offense in that first half against the Boilermakers. And they brought in Chance Nolan, and all of a sudden they could throw the ball down the field. He was accurate. They got the ball moving. They didn't win the game, um, but he got them within two points in the fourth quarter, and then their defense couldn't stop Purdue to give the, the Bees another chance on offense. And then, uh, you know, two games that you're expected to win against Hawaii and Idaho, and he played very well. But it's just more of... How he looks when he plays, how he looks in the pocket, makes me think he's the guy for the rest of this season. And that gives me a lot more confidence in pegging in the Beavs to a bowl game this year, um, six, seven wins, than it, than it did with with Jebbia or Neuer, to be honest with you. Just the way he plays, it, just like, it, it seems like it really fits what Jonathan Smith wants to do, and he just doesn't make mistakes, at least not yet. And that's the biggest key. Well, I, th- I think the Beavs have a chance get it because his name is chance <laughs> i did not get it thank <laughs> you for jokes. pointing it out because i'm happy yeah asleep. man yeah <laughs> so uh first off before i go any further i gotta for idaho gotta give a huge shout out to portland kid uh jefferson and clack uh, clackamas yes uh clackamas form a football player cj jordan starting quarterback for for idaho, idaho. And uh, so he got a chance to come home. I know his family was really, really happy to see him. We were really super proud of that kid, known him since he was in sixth grade. And so to watch his progression uh, was huge. But yesterday was definitely about Chance Nolan. 14 for 19, 175, didn't light the world on fire, but did throw three touchdowns and didn't make any mistakes. 91.3 QBR. That's what you want from your trigger man. You had a, a balanced rushing attack. Nobody was over 100 yards but you still got enough people that were able to get some money in between there. Like, you you look at this Beavs team, and it's like, okay, you might have something here. Jonathan Smith, after all these years, is finally found through three weeks. Let's make sure I preface my comments by saying that. Through three weeks, it looks like he's found his guy. And the one thing that we can say so far about chances, he, doesn't, he hasn't made any mistakes. Through the three games he's played, he hasn't thrown an interception. Uh, he's, he's had over... Three hundred over two hundred yards uh, in the game against Hawaii, so he came to play that one. Like so far since he stepped in, he's doing all the right things for the Beavs, and it's, I think it's been a long time. And he's only a sophomore. E- even since Sean Mannion, like I think it's been a, 
he made mistakes at points. You know what I'm saying? And then towards his senior year. He was great, though. He, towards his senior year, he started making less and less mistakes. And then he looked like he's just a, just a solid, you know. Now he has the cushiest job in all of the world, backup NFL quarterback. Absolutely. Like, I don't <laughs> I mean, that's a cushy job, but do you want to tell people you're the backup? I don't care. I'm getting paid millions of dollars, man. I, I get it, but I mean, I want to. Maybe be, I'd rather be a punter. I want right? to be the. I want to. I want to be a starter. Not a lot of stress with punting, and you still get paid a, a lot of money for it. No, yeah, absolutely. Maybe punter. I'll take yeah. punter. And the thing about football is, you just can't go show your skills anywhere. Like with basketball, you cannot be a starter, but still on an NBA team, and go to like a gym. And just show everybody, oh my God, Mike Lynch is amazing at basketball. Like, I'm can, not. <laughs> you can do you can do that. Like if you're a football player, where do you go to show you're a great D lineman? The gym. You like, go to, to the go, gym to, and to you lift, lift a lot of weights. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like there's <sighs> like, who's coming to the gym to just to watch me lift weights? I, I don't know. Very few people. Maybe so, all the ladies. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So but yeah, I'm I was very impressed. Mind you, I didn't see the game. I only saw uh the highlights. Oh, dude. From- I did not watch the, either team play two FCS teams yesterday. That was not part of my Saturday plans. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I love how we don't lie about it. It could have been easy. Like, man, we watched all the film. What, man? I listen, watched highlights. Listen, but that was it. You're looking at three really handsome guys who don't spend a lot of time in the house on, on the weekend. Oh, no. I mean, I watched the games on Saturdays, just not two against FCS really teams. really handsome guys, me and Cho, <laughs> that don't stay and spend a lot of time in the house on the weekends. All right. Well, let's get to let's get to uh, fantasy scramble here. I want to give us actual time to do it. Sometimes we run a little long, and then we have to rush, and then we're late, and then it's the clock's all off, and it's all my fault. So, text 503-250-1080, and get it. Let us know your fantasy starts to questions. We've already got some that have come in. I've got some on Twitter as well, uh, so you can uh, you can reach us at either of those places. We'll get to as many as we can next with our old producer and friend Jesse Osmond, who is doing his own fantasy football adventure this year. And uh, we'll tell you all about it. But first, Joe has sports. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. The only reason my team finished as terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Five thirty-two here on your Sunday morning. That open has not been heard in what ten months now? Yeah. Eight months? What is the math? I don't know. I'm not sure, but we got to change it. It's way. been a while. I don't know, man. Do we really to, have to change it? it I think it's really funny. I think it needs to change. I think it's really, just saying. I think I, it's really funny I, how I've won you some leagues since then. So we, yeah, it needs to change. Just saying. have you won a league since then? Yes. Come on, don't don't play me like that, Lynch. <laughs> yes, I have, man. Come on, man. Why? Well, this was the winner show. Remember, this was Championship in, Sunday. I finished in last since then, so that that oh, helps me out a lot. Oh yeah, this is Championship Sunday, man. Uh, so. As we will do every single week when we have, do this, we will welcome in our former producer and our good friend Jesse Osmond, who is now doing his own fantasy football venture called Explicit Fantasy Football. You can find it on Twitter at PDX underscore EFF. He also has a YouTube channel, Facebook page, all that kind of stuff. So you can find it there. And out of all of us, he is by far the biggest expert because he pays the most attention and he cares the most about fantasy football. So Go follow him, and he will give you more advice and videos. He's been posting YouTube videos all week and well, really all, all preseason as well. So uh, welcome back in, Jesse, and let's uh, help some people win, all right? All right, let's do it. Let's optimize these lineups. Uh, so the first one that I got yesterday, well, actually, this the first one I got today was from fan employee Andrew Nemec, who is a big fantasy football guy as well. He says, pick two, full point PPR. It's a 10-point league. Mike Evans, Damian Harris, Devontae Smith, or Jamar Chase. Uh, I'm going to start with Mike Evans for sure. I know week one was was scary, but uh, and, I, and I know Jesse was the one who told me this, but uh, anybody on the Bucks offense basically is a, st- a must start at this point. You might not get like a huge week every week for them, but that offense is going to be absolutely insane. And uh, I would always start a person in the Bucks offense if you have the opportunity to do so. And then between Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, and Damian Harris, uh, I like Chase and Smith a little bit more than Harris here. Uh, I would probably, because it's a full point PPR and Harris doesn't catch that many passes. I would probably go with Devontae Smith after how he looked last week in week one in that Eagles offense. So Mike Evans and Devontae Smith. Uh, man, Mike Evans, for sure. Like you said, man, uh, Tom Brady is getting the ball to every one of those weapons uh, on that Buccaneers offense. So he's definitely a must start any week. And then that uh, Alabama to Alabama connection, man, Devontae, uh, or uh, excuse me, <clears throat> You said uh, Devontae Smith, man, looked amazing uh, in uh, in week one. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Lynch on that one as well. Yeah, I had uh, Mike Evans as a start this week. Um, I actually had one of my videos, uh, the one of the uh, Byron Left, which is um, updates, basically talking about how they bracketed away Evans last week, trying to take him away, which honestly doesn't make sense when you have three ones uh, that you're going against. But Atlanta's not going to be able to do that. Tom Brady, you know he's going to go back, feed Evans, make sure everybody in this offense is going to be happy. I'm excited about him this week. And then I also agree it's between Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. And in PPR, I just feel like it's possible that Smith in this offense is going to be the guy that's going to get more action. When you think about you know, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, there's just a few more mouths to feed um, going against Jamar Chase. So I think uh, Smith's the play there. 
Uh, tough quarterback question because they're kind of projected around the same spot. Is Matt Ryan or Jared Goff? Ryan's against the pa- or the Bucks. Excuse me. Goff is against the Packers. Uh, for me, that matchup is all I need to hear. Uh, plus, game script I think is going to be important as well. Uh, I know Goff's not as good as Ryan is, not pro- not as prolific as Ryan is, but Green Bay's defense not as good as Tampa's defense. Tampa has the best defense in the NFL, and. Green Bay got shredded last week. I think Green Bay is coming back for with a vengeance this week is going to win big against Detroit. But I think game script wise, you're going to get a lot of passing. And uh, I think DeAndre Swift is questionable as well today. So a lot of passing and you're going to get a lot of potential yardage for for Jared Goff. So I would pick Goff. Uh, geez, that's a, that is a tough one. Um, Matt I'm, Ryan only I'm, got seven points last week, by the way. Yeah, I, I'd like to say Ryan just because he throws the ball more than Goff does. Um but Matt Ryan's going against that Tampa Bay defense that Lynch just mentioned is just lights out this year or even that will be for a long time moving forward. So I think I'd probably go golf against that Green Bay defense that gave up five touchdowns to Jameis Winston last night or last week. Yeah, no, this, this is one where it's Matt Ryan, to me, I like him a lot, but this guy has not proven to be a good quarterback without Julio Jones. And Julio Jones isn't there and he's not coming back. And I'm truly worried about this guy, especially when you're considering one of his primary targets being a tight end rookie. And that's traditionally not a a position that excels in their rookie season. I'm worried about that. On the other hand, you got Jared Goff, like you you said, negative game script. Anthony Lynn, I think, understands what what he excels at, what he's deficient at. He has tools in those short area passing games to make Jared Goff work they're going to be in that negative game script. And, and let's face it, man, when he throws 50 balls, like Jared Goff typically is a very good, very good uh, fantasy quarterback. Unless he throws four interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> that you're going to be throwing 50 balls. And um, I, I just think he reminds me of Blake Bortles, right? Not a great quarterback, but fantasy junk time, he, he blew people away. Uh, Faced with a tough choice for my running back, too. Three choices all projected around the same. Damian Harris, Melvin Gordon, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, This one's a little bit easier for me. Uh, I did see a tweet today, earlier this morning, that the expectation is that that despite the fact that Sermon is active this week, Elijah Mitchell will be the main ball carrier for San Francisco this week. We know it's tough to trust the Niners running situation. Kyle Shanahan likes to use four or five running backs at a time. Uh, Elijah Mitchell may very well be great all year, or he may have a couple of good weeks, and then it might be Hasty one week, and it might be Sermon one week. Uh, and then I would pick uh, Damian Harris. Melvin Gordon is splitting carries straight up with Javante Williams in Denver, and Williams all uh, looked better except for Gordon's 70-yard touchdown run last week, so that that's, certainly boosted the stats. Damian Harris is right now the only rushing running back that the Patriots really have used. They have uh, the The rookie that they drafted is out today. So they have him and James White, who is a pass catcher. Uh, so I would pick Damian Harris for the usage and Elijah Mitchell because they say this week he's going to be the main ball carrier. I'm avoiding Broncos running backs right now until I figure out who on earth is actually going to be the starter. So that's the two I'm picking. Uh, I'd probably go Melvin Gordon and Damian Harris. Uh, I like Damian Harris today against the Jets. I think he's going to be able to run all up and down, uh, all up and down the field on them because their defense is still like MIA. So those are mine. Yeah, no, we're we're just gonna make this really hard on you because I'm I'm actually gonna go Elijah Mitchell and Melvin Gordon. I think <laughs> Mitchell will get the bulk of the carries. Um, he's not gonna be too involved in the passing game, it doesn't seem. But if he's going to be getting 15, 16 touches today, I like his chances of putting up good yardage and scoring. And then 
Um, Damian Harris, uh, you know, it's just all week you've been hearing about the fumble stuff. And, you know, honestly, I don't think there's anything to it. But but to me, it's also the his lack of involvement in the passing game. And you think about Melvin Gordon, he will be involved in the passing game. Yes, he is sharing time with Williams. I honestly didn't think Williams looked better. I thought he looked on par with Melvin Gordon. Um, I thought, for the most part, the line wasn't up to the task last week for the running game, but they're going against Jacksonville. They're terrible, or Urban Meyer is terrible, um, and they're going to be committed to this running game. They had exactly even snap count last week. These guys are in a literal 50-50 timeshare right now, but this is a great week to deploy that timeshare going against Jacksonville. Tough, tough tight end question, I feel like. Uh, Full point PPR, Tyler Higbee or Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I'm going to pick Gronk, and it's similar to what I said earlier, and again, I will credit Jesse with this. He said he is buying every single Tampa Bay Buck player except for Leonard Fournette (laughs) because he hates Leonard Fournette. But uh, Gronk looked like old Gronk last week. Um, Gronk last year looked like brittle. I'm sort of going to be involved, and I'm going to be used in the end zone sometimes, Gronk. In week one on Thursday Night Football, he looked like old Patriots, 10 targets a game, Gronk. And if that's who he's going to be this whole year in that offense, he's a must start. I think Higby's a great tight end to have as well. I think he's going to get way more targets with Matt Stafford there. Plus, they got rid of Gerald Everett, so they don't really have a second tight end to steal uh, targets from him. But the touchdown threat of Gronk is so high that I'm going to pick him. Plus, if he keeps getting those targets, it's not going to matter. I'm going with the greatest tight end of all time, Rob Gronkowski. Like you said, week one, dude looked unstoppable. And that's pretty much what you're used to seeing from Gronk. I think Brady knows to kind of – that's always been a security blanket, and I think it's going to be moving forward. I'm going Rob Gronkowski 10 times out of 10. Yeah, this is a a great problem to have, and sometimes it will be a frustrating problem to have because you are going to get it wrong from time to time when it comes to Tyler Hickey and Rob Gronkowski, but uh, Mike Lynch is right. You you are trying to tap into something that I believe is going to be a top-five all-time offense this year. You're talking about a team that had multiple turnovers last last week. It was by no means um, running efficiently, and they still – um, rolled uh, the Dallas defense. Now, this this offense is something you want to tap into every week if you can. Rob Gronkowski, it kind of looks like t- uh, Tom Brady brought his TB12 program. You know, you got Antonio Brown looking like he's 25 again, mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski looking like he's 25 again. Um, this, this team, just out the gate, in an unefficient performance, looks like something you want to to be involved with every week. It reminds me of the 2013 Denver Broncos, and you were never unhappy when one of them was in your lineup. Non-PPR flex, James Robinson, Robert Woods, Latavius Murray. Uh, This is tough. Uh, You know, Woods is the best player on this list, but it's non-PPR, which is going to hurt his value. He's going to be very touchdown dependent uh, in that offense, uh, as any receiver would in a non-PPR league. Uh, I'm going to go with something that makes me uncomfortable, but it's the best option, I think, and that's James Robinson. Uh, They're going up against a stout Denver defense, which is going to be disgustingly hard to run against this year. But I have a feeling that after last week's weird kind of minimal usage that he had, that they're going to try to get him the ball a little bit more after how good he was last year. If they don't, Urban Meyer is a fool, but maybe Urban Meyer is a fool. We might already know that. Uh, Latavius Murray didn't get a lot of touches last week. He got some. They also uh, activated Devontae Freeman off the practice squad this week, and Tyson Williams was the one who got the touchdown. 
that is a three-headed monster. You never want Ravens running backs. Like, that's just something you don't want to deal with. Uh, so in a non-PPR, I'm, uh, it's not my favorite, but I'm going to take James Robinson. I think I'm going James Robinson as well. Did, did you say Robert Woods was a part of this equation? I did, but yes, I did. You want a, a okay, non-PPR. So I, I get that it's non-PPR, and typically you take the running back over the wide receiver. Here's my problem is last week, um, it, you James Robinson was – not involved in this offense and um and it's just that i urban meyer went into that game knowing we have to run the ball and he still didn't run the ball um it it, this this team never looked good in the preseason up until you had the starters going against the threes it it didn't look good week one this literally looks like it could be the worst team in the league I don't want a part of it right now. And then, you know, I'm just going to go with Robert Woods because I think that it's it's kind of that, that Mike Evans effect, right? Like, we didn't take care of you last week. The game script didn't really, like, call his number. We're going to take we're, we're going to take care of that and rectify that this week. And I think Robert Woods gets back involved in his offense, and he has himself a good day. I actually think he finds the end zone today. All right, let's take a quick break. Jesse, hang out on hold for a couple minutes if you can. And uh, we've got a couple more questions we've got to wrap up with on the other side. Is that all right? Absolutely. All right, cool. We'll get back to Jesse next, and we'll wrap up your questions. 503-250-1080. This is the Fantasy Scramble on Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. This is the Fantasy Scramble. We are joined by Jesse Osmond, former producer of ours, now doing explicit fantasy football. You can find it on Twitter at PDX underscore EFF, also on YouTube, Facebook, other social media avenues. Uh, next question here, need one non-PPR, Julio Jones, Jamar Chase, or Devontae Smith. Um, I, I bench Julio in a league that I'm in that I had him as a second wide receiver. It was a deeper league, so I have options, but uh, I'm a little bit nervous about his usage last week. Uh, so I'm, I'm benching him, not, not drop worthy, but bench worthy. So then it's between Jamar chase and Devonte Smith. Again, this kind of reminds me of the earlier question we had, although that was a PPR league. I'm going to go with Smith because Smith, uh, has less competition for passes. Jesse said it, you know, you've got three pretty legit wide receivers in Cincy this year. Chase looked good in week one. T Higgins caught a touchdown in week one. You've also got Boyd there. Um, I, I'm going to go with Smith just because he's going to get a lot more targets. I'm going to go with Chase. One of the, the main reasons is, man, uh, Joe Burrow is comfortable with Jamar Chase as they are college teammates. That was one of the big targets he had uh, when he was uh, at LSU. I think that's going to be a bigger connection than we want to give credit for. I'm going Jamar Chase. Yeah, Julio Jones is a receiver that's really thrived on volume. And let's face it, this Tennessee offense has not had Ryan Tannehill let it rip. Since he's been there, he's been a low-volume quarterback. You've got a, a wide receiver who's been a high-volume wide receiver. That's not going to happen, I don't think. I'm He's 32, new quarterback. I'm not interested in playing him week two. He's definitely a sit for me. said it earlier. I think Devonta Smith, less competition for targets. And then when you think about Cincinnati er, this week as well, Tyler Boyd, once again, didn't really get fed last week. And when you think about all of his games, with Burrow last last year, there was only two games he didn't have eight or more targets. So I, I think this is another one where it, you 
it's not a squeaky wheel game, but we remember you're here. We remember you're a really good wide receiver and you have the best matchup of the three. And so I think that brings down Jamar Chase's um, value a little bit this week. Uh, half point PPR at the flex Debo or Chase Edmonds. Great to have you back. He says, thank you. We're glad, glad to be back. Uh, Debo Samuel had a fantastic week one. Absolutely incredible week one. He had nine catches. He had an 189 receiving yards, uh, one touchdown. He benefited because Detroit's defense is awful. Uh, Chase Edmonds and uh, James Conner split evenly the carries for Arizona, who looked great offensively. Connor is the one who, ca- or sorry, Edmonds is the one who catches passes, which will help you in half point PPR. Uh, but honestly, the way that they use Samuel, I know Brandon Ayuk is going to be back this week for San Francisco, but the way they use Samuel was very exciting to me last week. And uh, the fact that he had nine catches in a half point PPR is a lot. And that's uh, hopefully going to be a trend for him. So I would pick Debo Samuel in this option i thought debo samuel played uh great last week against detroit now like you said lynch it, it was detroit but uh he 79 79 yards was his longest uh play 12 targets so it looks like uh he's really being looked at somebody's looking his way quite often so if garoppolo wants to keep his job he's going to keep doing that but i thought he was played great last week so i'm going to go let's go for two for two debo samuel Man, it's it's hard to go away from Samuel uh, right now. He's just, he was so good last last week, and it, it really this this offense traditionally has one really good receiver and one really good running back. And you think about it, the you know typically when healthy, that receiver has been Kittle, and so that wasn't the case last week. Is that going to be the case this week, or? Are they going to go back to Debo? That's my biggest question. I don't know if they're going to continue to use Debo that way, especially if they're going to bring Ayuk back in. They're playing in Eagles, which I think is probably a little bit of an underrated defense. They're they're healthy again. And so I think that defense is going to be a little bit more of a tough matchup than Detroit. Uh, Darius Slay uh, there, once, uh, you know, so there is a, a solid matchup going against Debo there as well. So, um, you know, Chase Edmonds, he had 16 total touches last week, just just over 100 yards. He's definitely the guy. Um, and in a half-point PPR, I I honestly would probably roll out Chase Edmonds in what I think is going to be an, another great matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. You see what Joe Mixon did last week. Um, and, you know, James Conner's not the answer there. And I, the quicker the uh, the Arizona figures that out, the better. And I think they start maybe figuring that out this week when you realize how much better Chase is. So I I, I would roll Chase. Just I, I know how Debo good Debo was, but to me that's a week one overreaction. Couple left, and we'll do them a little bit quickly here, so we can get you ready before the games begin in five minutes. Uh, Jamar Chase or Ceedee Lamb at receiver? That's Ceedee Lamb for me. He saw a ton of targets despite the fact he had a couple of drops. We've talked about Chase a couple of couple of times this week already chase is good to have on your fantasy team we're not poo-pooing all over him it's just that he's going to have a lot of competition for targets uh, lamb and cooper both got targeted a ton and both took advantage of it and now that Gallup is out for a couple of weeks that could only increase for them so i'm all over cd lamb in that matchup i want to go cd lamb but i kind of feel like he has a similar situation as jamar chase and that there's a lot of targets that he can you know play with over there in, in dallas so i'm uh, Jeez, but I do like CD Lamb a lot, and so does Dak. So I'm probably going CD. 
Yeah, no, Dak basically passing the ball about 50 times a game <laughs> with with this in, in this offense. Um, you know, no Gallup. Yeah, got to roll out C.D. Lamb. Uh, looking for who will assume the backup role with Rashad Penny out. I'm desperate for running backs. Will it be DJ Dallas or Alex Collins? Uh, this will be more of a Jesse answer. He probably has paid more attention to this than I have. I just did a quick look in the break before uh, answering the question. Uh, Collins was a healthy scratch last week, and uh, DJ Dallas did get three snaps. Dallas, in his short amount of time last year, looked pretty efficient in catching the ball as well. Um, not that that's helping you in a standard scoring league, but if you're that desperate, I would say DJ Dallas over Alex Collins personally. Uh, one more time, who are I'm trying to look for the... It, you're not going to find it. They're deep, deep, deep bench guys, like DJ Dallas and Alex Collins, the backups for the Seahawks. I, I, you know, you don't have to answer if you don't know. It's Dallas, yeah, oh, I'm not going to mess nobody up, man. Flip a coin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is one of those things where I would assume it's kind of like um, the, why would DJ Dallas draft over Alex Collins? I, I believe they like Alex Collins a little bit more as a running back, but I think DJ Dallas actually plays special teams. Oh, and okay. so I think last week that's why you might have had DJ Dallas dressed over a um uh alex collins and so i I think they like alex collins more in the backup role and that's why they kept him around um and so that's what where i would go to um but at the same time um i it it is really a crapshoot i i I think dj was there for for special teams last week but um uh, yeah, I, I would personally go Alex Collins just because I think he's uh, Dallas is more of a special teams guy. All right, a couple more. Let's do them quickly. Uh, tight end, one problem. Cole Komet, Adam Trotman, who's on New Orleans. I didn't know that. Or Tyler Conklin, who's the starter in Minnesota. Uh, to me, that's easy. That's Cole Komet. Um, he got a bunch of targets in week one. And as long as Andy Dalton's starting there, he's going to look for check downs and easy catches. So I'm going to go with Komet. Yeah, I like Komet too. He played well. Andy Dalton, again, Mr. Checkdown, so that's exactly what he's going to do. Expect him to get a lot of targets. Yeah, no, this is a pretty good matchup for Komet. Um, I, I wouldn't mind rolling him out there again week two. And uh, last one, running back to Daryl Henderson or Melvin Gordon. Uh, I love what I saw from Daryl Henderson week one. I have him in a couple of leagues, and I was nervous about his usage. Uh, they barely put Sonny Michelle on the field in week one. Uh, Henderson was out there, I think, for 95% of the snaps. He looked pretty good, especially in the second half when they started running the ball more. Uh, so I'll take him over a split with Melvin Gordon at running back too. Yeah, I'll take Darrell Henry, uh, Henderson at 70, 70 yards and a touchdown in his first game. And uh, like you said, didn't really turn it on to the second half. Hopefully he can sustain that to the game. So I'm going Henderson. Yeah, this is one of those ones where I think that you look at uh, Henderson as kind of like a uh, high-end RB2, borderline RB1. And you look at Gordon as kind of a tail-end RB2 or a flex. And so with that motion, I would go with Henderson. Uh, we did have this one slip into it's not necessary for answering questions now, so we can spend more than two seconds on it, but need a quarterback to roll with for the year. Here are the waiver options. Ben Roethlisberger, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Mac Jones, Derek Carr. Uh, I know I just, Jesse was texting me this week. Jesse is very high on Kirk Cousins as a fantasy quarterback. Um, based on how we did last year, especially. I think Derek Carr is also a decent option at fantasy quarterback just because they throw the ball a lot in Vegas and uh, he'll, he'll get points. But honestly, out of all of these, I'm going to take Joe Burrow because of 
just how explosive he can be offensively uh, in the long term and all the weapons that he has. Now, I know his offensive line isn't great, but it's better than it was last year. Uh, and I, I tend to, to go for more high potential guys than I do for safe floor guys in these kind of situations. So for me, I would pick Burrow and then probably a guy like uh, Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr after that. Uh, I'm definitely staying away from Kirk Cousins. I'm sorry, Jesse. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Kirkers fan. I want to be, but I'm just not. But So I would go ahead and go uh, Burrow and you said Carr was the other one? Well, there's a bunch. Yeah, Bridgewater, you know, Mac Jones, Ben oh, Roethlisberger. Well, I love Teddy Bridgewater then. So Burrow, Bridgewater, that's where I would go. Percent Kirk Cousins. Like, I, I, yeah, no, going back to last year, then you see what how they picked up week one. Um, he is the most underrated, disrespected fantasy quarterback. Blah, blah, I don't care. Like, you, one thing that we have to remember in, in, in fantasy is we have to disconnect real football from fantasy football. Because let, but let's just say there would be a lot of running backs that would be terrible in fantasy if you didn't have PPR. But because they have PPR, they're great, and they're just average running backs. This is the case of, yeah, no, does Kirk Cousins flop in big moments? Probably. But is he awesome in fantasy? Yes. This guy constantly is putting up three, 300 yards passing. He's constantly passing for three to four touchdowns. And if you don't believe me, go and take a look at what he did from week six on last year. Look at what he did week one. And I know Joe Burrow is flashy. He does have a lot of great stuff. But if they are going to run the offense like they did in week one, which they should, which is a run-first offense, which is going to be good for Joe Burrow in a, a bad offensive line, he's going to be more up and down. And you think about Joe Burrow put up a lot of yards last year, but he didn't put it in the end zone a lot last year. And that is a concern. I know he put up two touchdowns week one. But I'm talking about a guy in Kirk Cousins who's proven – to put up three, four touchdown games back to back to back. I don't I don't understand the disrespect for Kirk Cousins. I don't understand the hate for Kirk Cousins other than the fact that he might not be a great regular football quarterback. A real a real quarterback. But in fantasy <laughs> a fantasy, a fake quarterback, he's great. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I, I pulled it up because Jesse sent it to me because I was equally uh distrustful of that. Week six on last year. 31, 15, 26, 20, 29, 32, 28, 19, 22, 29, and 42 points. That's a pretty great fantasy football quarterback right there. All right, Jesse, thank you so much. We'll bring you back on next week at 930. Good luck with your week two matchups, my friend. Uh, good luck. Thank you, guys. Easy, uh, glad bud. to be back on. And uh, go follow him uh, at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N, and uh, PDX underscore EFF on Twitter and Explicit Fantasy Football on YouTube. You'll see all his videos posted there and we'll have them on every single week all right coming up next hour we will be distracted by red zone but we do have nfl things to discuss try not to overreact from week one but things that you saw that intrigued you we'll get to that next this is football sunday on the fan okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t